I want to tell you a story about a lunch I had with an eye doctor. Years ago, I was at an eye appointment. And during the appointment, I was talking with the eye doctor who happened to be Jewish. And I shared that I was Jewish and I had come to faith in Christ. Always an interesting conversation when someone has something in your eye. And he was asking about it. He was very inquisitive about it. So we talked, and at the end of the appointment, he said, can we get together for lunch? Sorry, I'm checking my email. <laughs> so we got together for lunch, and I had a marvelous opportunity to share the gospel with this man. Could not have been more clear, could not have been more concise. We, we had papers and books and a marvelous conversation. And do you know what he said to me? You say, what did he say to you? What did he say? Well, thanks for asking. He said, that's hogwash. I said, why is that hogwash? He said, because listen, years ago, I was married and I loved my wife dearly. And she died. And three years later, I married again. So when I die, if I go to heaven, who am I married to? My first wife or my second wife? Or will they just fight for all of eternity? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? You know what I told him? I said, it doesn't matter, you're going to hell. <laughs> we went to Mark chapter, people can't see, I'm shaking my head no if they're listening. I took him to Mark chapter 12. And that's where, that's where we'll go today. Mark chapter 12 is a magnificent section of scripture. And we're going to be in verse 18. I'm on a roll, we moved last night, so I'm a little tired, bear with me. And Sadducees came to him, who say there is no resurrection, and they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. There are seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring, and the second took her and died, leaving no offspring, and the third likewise, and seven left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, when they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as wife. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you're wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him? saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. It's the eye doctor's question. Just asked a whole lot better. We are going to look at this in three parts, but before we get to the three parts, let's see this incredible, marvelous, strangely concerning text. Are you all still with me? Yes. Anybody going to hell? No, hopefully not by the time we leave. So you can be confused about who you're married to in heaven. We shouldn't be confused. The second attack. Last week, the Pharisees came to attack Jesus, to try to trap him, if you remember. That was the best sermon I ever preached, we'll say, because it didn't record. If it recorded, someone could check and see how that was. Well, today, the Sadducees came to attack Jesus. And do you know who the Sadducees are? The Sadducees are people who didn't believe in a literal, physical resurrection or a resurrection of any type. And I know that because Acts 23 tells me that. Acts 23, verse 8, if you want to look it up. They didn't believe in a resurrection, angels, or spirits. 
They also didn't believe in the books of the Bible past Joshua. These are the original KJV only folks. You know what I mean by that? They took nothing apart from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I almost said Revelation. As from God. Everything else was not inspired. They were a nihilist. When you died, you died and you were done. They were religious, fundamental, annihilists who were really horribly legalistic as well. So they come to Jesus with a question. So this lady is married and her husband dies and the next one dies and the next one dies. Seven and then the lady dies and you gotta be like, praise God, the lady died because she's burning through men like nobody's business. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't press charges or at least investigate. <laughs> So they say, when she dies, who will she be married to? But if they don't believe in a resurrection, why are they asking the question? You say, that's a great question, Pastor. That's a great question. Thanks. It's a trap, because how is Jesus going to answer? He can try to answer and be befuddled and look like a fool, or he could say, we don't know, and he'll look like a fool. There's nothing he can say without looking like a fool, so the Sadducees come to trap him. Well, Jesus says to them, basically, you're wrong. And you're wrong because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. What is he talking about there? Watch this. They're referring to Deuteronomy 25. It's called liberate marriage, brother-in-law marriage. And it's a gracious and marvelous provision of God. And I'm not going to talk about that because that's not the point of our sermon. But if you want to look it up, Deuteronomy 25, 5 and following. I'll let you do the legwork on this. And Jesus tells them in his answer, you don't know what you're talking about. Now watch this. The biblical answer is in Exodus. Go ahead to Exodus chapter 3. Tell me when you get there. Renee. Ooh. Renee, someone give Renee the trophy this week. Yep. <laughs> Why doesn't Jesus just say Exodus chapter 3? They weren't numbered yet, were they? He says, go to Exodus chapter 3. And in Exodus chapter 3, the burning bush. Remember that story? Moses is by the burning bush. Go down here to verse 6. He says, God says to Moses, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. Do you see the resurrection there? Do you see the resurrection there? Get out of here. You don't see the resurrection there. How do you see the resurrection there? Do you see it? What does God say? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when God says this to Moses, have been dead for a long, long time. He says, I was the God. Amen? What does he say? Can I tell you a secret, my friends? They ain't dead. They're alive. Do you see that? There's a lady in the back, way against the wall. Her name's Laura. You ever seen her before? That's my Laura. It's not your Laura. It's my Laura. You know why? I have marital relationship with that woman. My wife. My Laura. Who else can say that here? Just me. We have a relationship that you can't have. It's a personal, possessive relationship. Watch this. Look at verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring, what does it say? Who? Who? My people. my people, says God. There's my Laura. We have an intimate, personal relationship that you cannot have because that is my wife. I enjoy a relationship with her that you never will. You know why? 
it's my wife. Now, I don't know if she enjoys that same relationship with me. Well, I assume she does. But that's my wife sitting next to my boy. That ain't your boy. That's my boy. And my God calls me his child because my Lord made a way. We'll get to that in a minute. Well, do you know what happens, unfortunately, in marriages? People die. God forbid my wife dies. Do you know what I have to say? She was my wife. She was my wife. The Lord never says that, does he? I am the God of my people, and I will be their God. Do you see this biblical truth right before the Sadducees' eyes? It's in the first five books. He doesn't go anywhere else. The Lord is so marvelous. He says, listen to me, you, you, you fools, you ignorant, stupid fools. He smacks them in the head with the scroll of the Torah. No, Jesus doesn't do that. Pastor John might do that, but I'm not Jesus. Pastor John better not do that. Pastor John better get back to the text. He says, you don't even know the scriptures. You don't know what it says. The biblical answer is right here in Exodus 3. Because you don't know the scriptures, you don't know a personal, possessive God. Do you understand what it means when God calls you my people? I will be, they will be my people, Exodus 6, and I will be what? Their God. My Jesus? My wife? My child? My Jesus? Do you understand what that's supposed to mean? Do you understand the relationship that we're supposed to have with God based on the relationship he has with us? Kim's sitting next to a man named Rich. That's her husband. Not my husband. <laughs> what are you laughing at? He's sitting next to a lady named Kim. That's his wife. Well, someone you can't see has their eye upon me, and his name is Jesus. And when he looks at me, he says, that's my friend. Do you understand how incredible? The Pharisees show up. Hey, Jesus, you ignorant fool, we're going to show you how dumb you are. There ain't no such thing as a resurrection. If there was, what would happen to this lady who was married? He says, you're going to ask me a dumb question like this? Watch me flip the script. Watch me show you how marvelous I am. Watch me show you how gracious and kind and loving I am. You don't even know the scriptures. Do you see this personal, possessive, present tense God? Not I was the God of Abraham, I was the God of Jacob. He says, I am. They shall be my people and I shall be their God. Do you know where Jesus is? He's not an abstract foreign concept. Matter of fact, does not scripture say he is a very present help in time of trouble? Does not the scripture say that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he is with us, that, hey, remember Psalm 23, folks? Remember we preached through that? How many? Bah, bah. See our good shepherd? Amen. He's with us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. Do you know why? Because he's lonely. <laughs> because he chose to make us his people. These dudes, they're so sad, they don't even know the scriptures. But you know what else they don't know? They don't know the power of God. The power of God for what, you say? The power of God for what? Renee, thank you for asking. That was my next point. Do you know how God became my God and how I became his child? Look at this face. I mean, my mommy loves me. Jesus got to love me too, right? Why are you laughing? It ain't the face. Well, I'm just an incredible, gifted person on so many levels. I just have a skill set that Jesus saw that he's like, dude, I need your help. I was like, Jesus, we can work together. We can save the world. Amen? Amen. 
No, that's probably what the Pharisees said. Well, do you know what happened? Do you know what I used to be apart from Christ? Dead. Dead, dirty, decrepit, disgusting, nasty. I have Boohoo Shem going. Remember Boohoo Shem? The wild grapes? I was, I was bearing Boohoo Shem. I had the cooties. I had stinky socks. I spat in God's face. I wanted him dead. And he came. You know what he did? He was so unfair. Mia, you know how unfair God is? He doesn't give people what they deserve. Sometimes. He gives them Jesus. Listen to me. When, when God saved me, when God called me, when God opened my eyes, when God made me his personal possession, he did it by the power of God. And the power of God to what? Bring the dead to life. And he can bring the dead to life because, listen to me, my Jesus conquered death. Did you know that? My Jesus, it says right here, my Jesus conquered death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Who here is going to die one day? But you ain't really going to die. Did you know that? When you die, your very present God will welcome you into his very present presence. See, as Americans, we don't want to die. I don't want to die. At 92 and in my sleep is how I'd like to go. Same night Laura goes. But I guarantee you when the Lord calls you home, when your Jesus calls you home, and he says, you are my child in my presence for my glory and your joy. You're not going to say, Jesus, this flat stinks. It was so much better down there with the aches and the pains. It was so much better down there with all this nice stuff I had in America. No, 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 no. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? That's 1 Corinthians 15, 55, in case you want to look it up. Do you understand the power of God to raise dead people to life? Do you understand the power of God to sanctify his people so they might represent him well? Do you understand the power of God to save lost people through the proclamation of his word, through the mouths of his saints and the power of the Spirit? Do you? Amen. Do you know that that's part of why he saved us and called us his people? It says we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We're a people set apart to represent God and make God known. And the God we make known is not a God, but the God who is my God because I am his child. Chew on that a minute. This is marvelous. If Jesus walks in that door and you are in him by grace through faith, he can look at you and say, Patty, you are my friend. You are my child. You are my sister. Do you understand how crazy that is? Do you understand how magnificent that is? King of kings and Lord of lords, he who through all things were made and for whom all things were made, made you his in his word, we know that truth, and by his power, that happened. Now, I'm just going to stop there, because it don't get better than that. All I'm going to do is mess it up. <laughs> Let's not touch this marriage thing. It's just too difficult, and we'll just stop there. Good? No. Roy's looking at me like, don't you do that. Roy, Roy, Roy's <laughs> tracking with me. He says, no, pastor, don't do that. <laughs> well, what do you do with this? Who are you going to be married to in heaven if you're in Christ? Eh, eh, ugh. Read it. Tell me what the text says. Who are you going to be married to in heaven? What about my Laura? I'm not going to be married to her. Now she's probably like, whoo! Some of you are like, you're not going to be married in heaven. Whoo! Some of us not going to be married in heaven. We're like, huh? 
I'm going to be chasing her around heaven for all of eternity. Laura, 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 I'm not married to you anymore. Leave me alone. Is that what it's going to be like? Patty's shaking her head. What, what doesn't that unsettle you? Some people have bad marriages and they're like, amen, Jesus, amen. Some of us have great marriages and we're like, no, that's not fair. That's not right. What's marriage? See, Kenny and Mary, don't get married. You're not going to last. <laughs> it's going to fall apart in eternity anyway. Don't bother. What is marriage? You remember that sermon? It's a sign. And what does it point to? Christ and our union with Christ. My friends, when you die, guess where you are? We don't need a sign anymore. We don't need a sign anymore. But won't that be sad? I mean, Laura and I, I, I really enjoy being married to my wife. I can't speak to her for her, but I really love my wife. I enjoy being married to my wife. It's a marvelous thing. Am I going to lose that? I don't know. Let's move on. <laughs> well, well, I don't know a lot about heaven. I, I don't know a lot about heaven. You say, dude, aren't you a pastor? I am. Seminary trained, too. I don't know a lot about heaven. You say, why not? Why not? Scripture don't talk that much about heaven. Did you know that? I know a lot about Scripture, but not a lot about heaven. But I do know something about heaven. I do know 1 Corinthians 2.9. You ever read that verse? 1 Corinthians 2.9. Check it out. What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. I do know this. Heaven ain't going to be worse than this life, is it? Nope. Going to be a whole lot better than this life, ain't it? How much better? So much better, you have no idea. What's it going to be like? Only thing I got on that is heaven is a wonderful place filled with... Yeah, I'm pretty good there, huh? Singing kid song. Here's what I do know. Laura won't be my wife in heaven, but I'm going to enjoy a relationship with her like I haven't enjoyed before. Laura won't be my wife in heaven, but I'll love her in heaven more than I love her now. Laura won't be my wife in heaven, but we will enjoy eternity together far more than we enjoy life on this side of eternity. We'll know people. We relate to people. We interact with people. You ever hear the expression, some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? You ever meet any of those people? I haven't. But I met a lot of people that are so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. You check that, you catch that? Here. Heaven ain't about hanging out with dead relatives, my friends. You hear what I'm saying? Heaven ain't about hanging out with dead relatives. It's a perk. God forbid my wife dies before I do. I'm going quick after because I'm non-functional on my own. And my God is so gracious that in Christ, whichever one of us dies first gets to go and be joined by the other one when we pass through death to life. How gracious is my God that he gives that side benefit that we get to live with the saints for all of eternity. Isn't that incredible? Heaven ain't about seeing dead relatives. When you get to heaven, listen, listen to me, friends. When you get to heaven, you ain't going to run around looking for your Nana. Nana! Nana, I'm here! Where are you? I haven't seen you! No, you know what you're going to do when you get to heaven? Because uh, uh. you know who you're going to see. Do you know who's going to be right before you? Do you know who you're going to see eye to eye? Who's going to speak to you audibly and directly in whose presence you will enter? 
It ain't Nana you're running after. It's not going to be your wife you're running after. It's not going to be anything. I suspect we're going to fall down and drool. Uh, maybe that's what he means, tear. Maybe that's an old Greek word for drool. That's not the case. When it says he'll wipe away every tear from our eye, does it say drool from our lip? Help us stand up straight after we freak out and pass out? My point is this, my friends. I'm not going to be married to my wife in heaven, but I am going to be married. Do you know who I'm going to be married to? The Lord Jesus. And I'm going to be living with the bridegroom in perfect fellowship for all of eternity with a, with a sign that I used to have with my wife pointing to a relationship that I now have in perfection with Christ that my former wife and I can enjoy together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you see how marvelous this is? What we enjoy on this side of eternity will only be enhanced on the other. Every good thing we have on this side of eternity will only be enhanced on the other. And I know this because I know the scriptures and I know the power of God. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the scriptures? Do you know the power of God? Does a resurrection sound silly to you? Do you want to know why? You don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. It sounds silly in the flesh, but that's only because we're fallen and only because we can't fathom the power of God. Now listen, the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in a resurrection. That was funny, you can laugh. The Sadducees were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in a resurrection. But a child of God should be joyful, you see, because we know the truth of the resurrection. Amen? Amen. So do you want to be a Sadducee who doesn't know the word of God or the power of God? Or do you want to be a child of God, saved by the truth of God's word in the power of the Lord who conquered death, who one day will be raised into his presence and have a resurrected body? You ain't going to be married in heaven, folks. So if you've never been married in this life, I got news for you. It's not a bad thing. In fact, I believe, now, now hang on, who laughed? Who laughed? Let me finish that thought off. That's not a bad thing because Paul does in fact tell us that if we are not married, that we are able to serve Christ more fully and wholeheartedly. Now I'm not saying I wish I wasn't married. Listen, marriage is a, is a gift from God and I have a marvelous wife and I wouldn't trade her for anything in the world. I'm not a perfect husband, I don't have a perfect wife, but she's pretty darn close to being a perfect wife. And if, if you meet a woman that the Lord wants you to marry, or a man that the Lord wants you to marry, listen to me, just get married and do it quick. You don't have to wait a year and a half to get married. Just get married and enjoy marriage. But if the Lord doesn't intend for you to be married, it's okay. Because I don't find fulfillment in Laura. Let me rephrase that. I shouldn't find fulfillment in my relationship with Laura. It should be a relationship that points me to Christ. And if you're not married, don't go getting married thinking, if I get married, then I'll be happy. All right? I, I married Laura. That's as close as any man will get. So the rest of you are going to be falling short anyway. And us guys, we don't quite pull it off. You understand what I'm saying? Marriage doesn't satisfy. Christ does. So, one day, if you're not married in this life... How marvelous that you can look forward to that perfect marriage that all marriage points to. Amen? And if you are married in this life, and maybe it's a really hard marriage, how marvelous that the true marriage you have is to Christ. Amen? And if you are married in this life, and you have a good God-honoring marriage, don't make it an idol. 
Let it point to Christ. Listen, how marvelous is this text? The Sadducees show up. Hey, fancy pants Jesus. You're messing things up, are you now? And the Pharisees came. They're not as smart as us. They're just ignorant fools. We got you, dude. We got a question for you, dude. Check it out. So you're all like, ooh, there's a resurrection. We know there's no resurrection. So how about this question, Jack? This lady, she's married. Her husband dies. She doesn't have kids. Deuteronomy 25, they keep the law, they get married, she gets married to the brother. He drops dead. She gets married to the next brother. He drops dead. All the way to brother number seven. And he drops dead too. Now I think there should be an add to the text. The grandparents thought this were crazy, so they called their children and said, take care of this problem. This wife is a murderer. I mean, how do you kill off seven husbands? And then she drops dead, and everybody's happy. She dies, Sadducees say. You know what? The Sadducees, they're sad, you see, because they don't believe in a what? Resurrection. You ain't never going to forget that from today, are you? Mm -hmm. So these Sadducees, who are sad, you see, because they don't believe in a resurrection, they ask Jesus, who is she married to in heaven? Same question my eye doctor asked me, but he only married twice. So I said to him, I took him to the text, I said, you could do better than twice. What happens if you were married seven times? Shared it with him. Don't you ain't going to be married in heaven because marriage is a sign that points to Christ. He told me that was ridiculous. I was a fool to believe such a thing. Am I a fool? No. I kind of am. In the eyes of the world. But in the eyes of God, I believe truth. And do you know why I believe truth? Well, first and foremost, because the power of God gave me the ability to believe the truth of God so I could live in the glory of God by the power of his risen son. And do you know how I came to understand this truth? That God's word is true and that God's power is immense and that he conquered death? Do you know how? Listen, I'm a smart guy. I mean, I got graduate degrees, folks. I'm, I'm really smart. You look at me, you're like, you, you, I use this intellect, this incredible, incredible intellect. I mean, I'm a Rhodes Scholar. Did you guys know that? R-O-A-D, Rhodes Scholar. I used to study books on the, on the road. Isn't that what a, a Rhodes Scholar is? Spelling, smelling, we don't need grammar here. I came to faith. No one comes to faith by their intellect. They come to faith by the power of God who raises dead people to life. And do you know why he raises them to life? Do you know what that cross is? Kenny, what did you give Meredith when you got engaged? What's that? Nice ring. It's called proposing. Do you know what Jesus did on the cross? He proposed. Do you ever think of it that way? And they buried him. And three days later, he rose again. My friends, Jesus proposes. The question is, will you accept his proposal? If you have, rejoice. I will say it again, rejoice. You are his people, and he is your God. But what about if you haven't accepted the proposal? You're not his child. But he is your God. And you stand under the wrath and judgment of God. You won't feast at the wedding banquet. You'll live in eternal torment in hell. Doesn't that sound horrible? Doesn't that sound awful? Mm -hmm. But it's also true. 
But here's the thing, my friends, my God, I love that I can say that, my God, my God's not fair. My God doesn't give people what they deserve all the time. My God offers forgiveness. My God proposes. And all you need to say is, I will. I will what? I will trust in you that you lived the perfect life. I couldn't. That I fall short on my own. That by your death and resurrection, I am forgiven and justified and reconciled. That I am yours and you are mine. What do you have to offer Jesus? Nothing. What does he have to offer you? Everything. I love the Sadducees. The Sadducees, you see, they were, they were sad, you see. But by what they did, look, do you see what the Lord does here? It's a trap. Jesus, heads up, they got you. They got you cornered. I mean, the Pharisees believed in all scripture. They couldn't answer the, the Sadducees question. This is incredible. They try to trap my Lord, and my Lord encourages his saints and evangelizes the lost and presents the truth. Did, how, how does he do this? It's because he's God. My friends, the Sadducees came to him who say there is no resurrection. And they asked him a question saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but leaves no child, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. There were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and when he died, left no offspring. And the second took her and died, leaving no offspring. And the third, likewise, and the seventh left no offspring. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, the Sadducees laugh. When they rise again, whose wife will she be? For the seven had her as a wife. You just see the smile on their faces. Gotcha. Jesus says to them, I would love to see his face. Perfectly calm, powerful, tranquil. Mm. Is this not the reason you're wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead... They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. You know what he means by angels in heaven? You ain't getting wings, my friends. You ain't becoming something different than a person. You're living in God's presence as a perfect creature. They become like angels in heaven, that's it, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the books of Moses in the passage about the bush? How God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. My friends, the Sadducees were not only quite wrong, they were dead wrong. How marvelous that we have the ability by grace through faith to know the truth of the Word of God and the true Word of God in whose power and by whose power we live. Let's pray. Gracious, merciful, marvelous God, we just praise you for the fact that you've called us to yourself. We marvel at the fact that you call us your people. And we can call you our God. 
Lord Jesus, help us. Holy Spirit, work in and through us. Father God, to you be the glory. Help us to live as the people you called us to be. Help us to live in the reality of the power that you have entrusted to us and protect us and guide us with. Help us remember, Lord, that we were once dead, but now we are alive. We have been brought from the domain of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord, help us keep our eyes upon this truth. Help us be focused upon you. Encourage us as we sojourn through this life, Lord. Help us to live as your people who understand that ultimately we are married to you, one day to be united with you in your presence in heaven. Lord, help us to not be so earthly-minded that we're of no heavenly good. Help us to not be so heavenly-minded that we're of no earthly good. Help us, Lord, to have the mind of Christ so we might be used by you for your glory and good. Lord Jesus, help us because we need help. Lord Jesus, guide us because we need guidance. Lord Jesus, empower us because we need your power and strength. And Lord Jesus, encourage us in the truth that you are our God by grace through faith, and we are your people, and you are a present tense, possessive pronoun God. Lord Jesus, to you alone be the glory, and in your name we pray. Amen.